I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome back to Podcast Like It's 1999. It's our 100th episode. It is, guys. We're back with Tignataro. Yeah, we did 100. <laughs> 100 means nothing to us. 100's not a real number. 99's a number. But uh, we did 100. We did it. Yeah. Still, it's still a big deal. I guess. It's fine. Um, what are we going to do for 200, Kenny? What are we going to do for 200? What are we going to do for, for 199 and 200? 199 and 200. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Uh, but it's out there, guys. We're and gonna we're going to we're gonna gonna get, get there. there. That's the whole point. <laughs> we're going to get there. We're going to do every single movie that came out. We've got something really excited, exciting coming for the uh, the shittiest movies. We do. We Not do. We'll tell you about it yet. Yeah. Well, okay. But we got, we got some, something exciting. Some, some, we've got some exciting stuff. Shittiest movies. We've got more Freaks and Geeks. we got we do. more Lots TV of shows coming. And we got more Tig Notaro. But I do want to say one thing yeah, I yeah. neglected to say at the intro of the 99th episode. Okay. Um, cause we've done a hundred of these. We have. We have to thank someone. We thanks do. Ernie. <laughs> it's true. Ernie, Ernie Hurtado, our producer, engineer, the owner of the studio, Rebel Talk Net, <laughs> uh, yeah. owner of the podcast Net, uh, took a chance on a couple of schmucks. He really, I, I, what, what were you when we first started this? What was the over under on how long we'd be doing this for? Definitely not. <laughs> you didn't think we were going to hundred. <laughs> so I, I, you know, we we did it, uh, and uh, yeah, we couldn't have done it without Ernie. It's true. Thanks, Ernie, and also Emilio Diaz runs our. It's true. He's uh, doing social, an amazing job on our social. Yeah, he's, he's our sentient uh, podcast in Twitter form. Um, Emilio, thank you. Ernie, great. thank you. Uh, take, thank you. And part two. Here we go. 
Kenny and I had a discussion um, on text a little bit about biopics, mm-hmm. which are which can be tough to do. Um, you know, to, to encapsulate a life mm-hmm. in two hours is not an easy task. Um, so I think that this film is quite does a very good job at that. I did feel as though it shows the the breadth of Andy's life mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Um, and as I said, I liked it a lot more this time than the last time I watched it because I did feel like um, it was sort of. It was a little more groundbreaking, I guess, than I thought the first time I saw it. But I, I guess my more than anything, um, the film. Did you? Wh- I guess what was so powerful about it to you when you saw it? Do you remember sort of this? Was it because it was about a comedian that was on the fringe to a certain degree and was pushing the boundaries of of the form, or were you just did you just like Andy's story in general? And I think it was a mix, and it's also. I think exciting to see, yeah, somebody that's not so mainstream become sure. so, uh, yeah, revered and like uh, we got to make a movie about this per- that Jim Carrey is starring in, and yeah, the, yeah. you know, and also this is just a side note: how incredible is that REM song? It's the I can't believe it wasn't nominated for best. <laughs> oh, the new one, the Great Beyond, it's Beyond. so good. Yeah, but also, and, and also, Man on the Moon. Man on the Moon, yeah, the moon yeah, yeah. is an amazing song. That too. is. A masterpiece. It is. It is truly a masterpiece. And they produced this. They did the score to the movie. Like, yeah. R.E.M. doesn't get nearly enough love for this film. I, I, I really feel what you feel, Tig. It's like, to, to me, so I used to watch, the, for, for some reason, Andy Kaufman had, maybe because he died young. And I'll also, another side note, it would be, if if they can do it right, it would be just equally as exciting to see a biopic about somebody like Bill Hicks, who sure. mm-hmm. never fully exploded in a mainstream way. There's a great documentary about him. Right. Yeah. But like to do a, 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 a full-on biopic, yeah. biopic sure. it would be – there's something so touching about that. Like it's tragic, but it's exciting and touching that they're gone, but a beautiful film is made and it's it's it, – has reached a mainstream level. Like that's what I, that it could be. I feel like that's brewing in there. I, I know I have a really bad comp for this. Mm. It's a horrible comp, but I'm going to say it. Um, I've loved LeBron James from the beginning and Mm -hmm. LeBron James has had a real rocky run at this, right? Like a real rocky run with going to the heat and he's had, he said some bad things in media, but I've always felt like kind of deep down this is a good guy in an incredibly difficult situation, um, incredibly unusual situation, unprecedented, and he's handling it about as well as he can handle. I have and no idea what you're talking about. about by the way. I know, right, so, I know who he is. I just I, don't. Yeah. I don't know what. I, I, it's basically LeBron James, like, was a uh, child prodigy basketball player. Okay. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. Okay, um, was expected to be the next Michael Jordan from when he was about 16 or 17. He more or less is. He's very close to Michael Jordan. and But he's also – he went to a team that you know had a lot of other good players. It made it easier for him to win. He made fun of some people in the media here and there. He's had a rocky ride, but um, I've always loved him. And when he was in Trainwreck mm-hmm. with Amy Schumer, I remember sitting there being like, oh, my god. He made it. He's America's sweetheart. Like America is on board with this guy now right, right, right. in a way that like I never thought would happen because – also, like, there are racial issues, like, with him. I always felt like there was this racial undertone of, uh, it's like, in the media, this undertone of, you know, um, he's young, he's black, he has tattoos, he 
He's super rich. He hangs out with. He's brought all his friends with him. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of like latent sure. racism directed in his uh, d- in, in his, his direction. direction, and that always kind of bugged me um, for obvious reasons. But also, it's just Amy Schumer and Judd Apatow kind of like putting him in this movie in mm-hmm. a funny role. Like, I really loved. So I, I. And I know that's a ridiculous comp, as, as I said, but I, I know what you're saying in the – in this thing that felt like – you know, as I said, my parents introduced me to Andy Kaufman at a really young age. Because he died young, I felt like NBC in particular lionized him, right? So in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, sure. he was already kind of – Well, it, it, so Taxi's on ABC – well, I, there was a lot of SNL stuff that was right. always yes, yes. like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Lauren's in, in the movie, right? Yeah. So it was a lot of like, then you know, he was um, a little like a little line, a little deified, yeah, um, in the eighties and nineties. Uh, Andy Kaufman from Hollywood, which is a documentary about um, his, wrestling. his wrestling that his girlfriend Lynn Margulies made, mm-hmm. was played on Comedy Central, and I so I love this guy, but I feel like this guy was only my guy, right? Right, this mm-hmm. guy only did the thing that only I, me and like three of my friends loved, mm-hmm. and then the Man on the Moon happened. So Milos Forman is directing it, yes. who only makes brilliant films. It feels that way. And I mean, Amadeus like, and uh, one of the Cuckoo's, Cuckoo's Nest. Nest and People versus Larry yeah, Flint were the big ones, yeah, and then like. All these massive actors auditioned for this role. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, the the, the laundry list of people. Who else could have played him? Well, no one else. Uh, there were a lot of people Nobody. that were up. No one. Uh, John Cusack, Kevin what? Spacey, Hank Azaria, Nicolas Cage. They all put uh, themselves on film they for all, this. They all did auditions yeah. for this. Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Why not just go with me? Open <laughs> <laughs> micer would be. Well, it came down to Edward Norton and Jim Carrey. Apparently, Mila Schwarman said he can't choose, so he let the studio choose. And shockingly, they picked the biggest movie star in the world. Yeah. yeah. Edward Norton had just been in People vs. Life. Just been him, right. Andy, you know, And I'm sure, I'm sure he would have been great. And was dating Courtney Love. And was, right? and was dating Courtney, Courtney Love. Yes. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, the. the Jim Carrey feels like this was a role he was born to play. Yeah, um, he's amazing in this film. I remember when all those he's, people were were. I just <laughs> got chills. He's so he's so incredible. Yeah, I remember when all those people were auditioning, and this was also after Truman Show. It felt like yes. a fair fight. Like it felt like I, I, it felt <laughs> yeah. like okay, sure, but Jim Carrey's gonna win, right? Yeah. Like how could it, I mean? He also, I mean, he looks a fair amount like him. Like they were able to sort of they're born on the same day. Weirdly, there's just a bunch of stuff that felt like that. Oh, yeah. same birthdays, and the guys got the. <laughs> that's, sure. that's how we opened this. Yeah, I should I share birthday uh, with Elton Scalini. John's birthday is a day after mine, so oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. you know, <laughs> I missed out on yeah, that, it, on that uh, movie on Rocket Man. Yeah, Taron, Taron, what's just his by name? a day? Taron Eggleton. Yeah. yeah, same birthday. But even I mean, Jim Carrey went on. He auditioned. Like he went on tape. I mean, th- th- these were people that this was a revered role because this yeah. com- this man was a revered yeah. comedian. It's it is a fascinating film in the sense that at the time it didn't do so hot. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to have a little a little bit of context for people who haven't seen it. Uh, Jim Carrey stars as a late Andy Kaufman, who is considered one of the most innovative, eccentric, and enigmatic performers of his time. A master of manipulating audiences, Kaufman could generate belly laughs, stony silence, tears, or brawls. Whether inviting the audience out for milk and cookies or challenging women to intergender wrestling matches, he specialized in creating performances so real that even his close friends weren't sure where the truth lay. Man on the Moon opened on December 20th, 1999 in sixth place with $7.5 million behind the talented Mr. Ripley in any given Sunday. And it would go on to make $47 million on an $82 million budget. 
It has 63% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics and 79 from audiences. This movie was not embraced at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does feel like it has been reevaluated. I think that a lot of people, myself included, have got on board with this film mm-hmm. in a way that they didn't at the time. Um, I do think, I'm just going to read a, a very small portion of Roger Ebert's review. He was one of the major critics to read get behind it. Read a long it's very short. Uh, he gave it three and a half out of four stars. Pull Co- Andy Kaufman and just, yeah. just read, read the Greek Gatsby. <laughs> like in this moment, just be, I'm going to read a little something about the movie. Continue reading and then end the so podcast. <laughs> we never come back in. <laughs> Uh, Kaufman's act was essentially a meditation on the idea of entertainment. He would entertain you, but you had to cave in first. You had to laugh at something really dumb or let him get away with something boring or outrageous. If you passed the test, he was like a little kid delighted to be allowed in the living room at last. He'd entertain, all right, but you'd have to pass the entry exam. Uh, what's wonderful about, uh, what's most wonderful about Man on the Moon, a very good film, is that it remains true to Kaufman's stubborn vision. Sure, it brightens it up a little bit, but essentially it stays true to his persona, a guy who would test you, fool you, lie to you, deceive you, and stage elaborate deceptions, put-ons, and hoaxes. The movie doesn't turn him into a sweet, misunderstood guy. It doesn't pander for laughs. When something is not working in Kaufman's act, it's not working in the movie either, and it's not, and it's not funny. It's painful. I think that that's all true. I think that this movie does a great job of encapsulating – he seemed like – I don't know. Was he a sad person? Do you think that he was? I mean, it's hard to say whether or not. I, let me rephrase this. As a comedian, it feels like laughs are are important. Important, <laughs> but also that I don't know. You do know about comedy, <laughs> but is it? Is it? I've seen some of your acts. I don't know yeah. if they're if, if they're the driving. But is it intoxicating? Always. Is there something sort of? Are you chasing a thing? Sure. I mean. It's, it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I enjoy laughter, but I'm also, I, I feel like, but you also like it when it doesn't work. I was going to say there's a, uh, kind of a juggling act of if the awkwardness feels right, that can be just as, (laughs) it feels just as good. If if um if, if you can kind of keep those balls in the air and and uh and and you can feel it from the audience where it's it's awkward but it's it's comfortable enough where they're like this feels yeah. really really weird and <laughs> I don't even know what's happening but it doesn't feel bad it, it's it, you're just you don't nobody really knows what's happening or and it does it feels there's a Electricity to it, it. Electricity, but also very, very present. Everyone feels very yeah. present in that moment of what what's happening. Right. Your 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 antennas are up <laughs> and your ears are out, and your your everybody's looking around like, what is? I don't know what's happening. It sounds like some some what I'm about to say some new agey bullshit. But the most important thing in life is being present, like, like being mindful of the moment. Mm-hmm. And I go to comedy shows to be in the moment mm-hmm. like it, it's, it has nothing to do with like letting my troubles wash away or whatever it really has to do with i want to feel something right now mm-hmm. you know that keeps me away from my phone or keeps me away from some other distraction so i would much rather be in a show where i don't know where it's going to turn that's something that's uh, it's a general laugh that I've, I've i've heard before it's the, the thrill is the unpredictability and also but isn't that the beauty also of, of something live 
You know what I mean? As opposed to watching a movie or something like that, being there and actually seeing and being in that space with other people. But I've been super bored at live things. Before. Yeah, I was going to say sometimes there's. There, I mean, yeah, it's great to be at a live show, but there is kind of a predictability to certain mm-hmm. music and comedy and live theater, and and you can your brain kind of sets in with oh, I met this play or this yeah, right. rock band or this. But there's sometimes there's just a different experience where you just you're what is hap- what just happened? I think it's great that you embrace that though because I feel like there has to be a fair amount of people that don't right that reject that Certainly. that feeling of I think that's I think that's really special I, I I mean and I think that's something that obviously Andy was into as well but I I think that that just that willing to roll with it with mm-hmm. this thing this special thing that's just i mean the stool Wh- whatever it is to to embrace it and see this thing and to and to harness that i think is really amazing thank you um let's go to commercial <laughs> <laughs> if only we had commercials um so <laughs> what are your feelings about i don't want to say like about snl but about sort of this what that time in SNL, what Andy was a part of. Did you watch SNL? Were you a, were you a fan? Yeah, yeah. We, um, as a family, enjoyed That's SNL. Right. And I mean, I remember as a kid, not that you know that feeling of not knowing what your parents were laughing at. Yeah, you know, missing a lot of it. Uh, sure. Knowing that something must have been dirty or weird or you know, but yeah. um, but yeah, or I, about taxes. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tax jokes. Or, <laughs> they always kill. Uh-huh. <laughs> Um, and Andy did most of the tax jokes. <laughs> That's what he was known for. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I I definitely grew up on it, but I also don't know that I I feel like the Chris Farley days were the end of it for me. And it right. wasn't because I became too much of a snob. I think I just. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah. I know people have their opinions, obviously, about SNL and the different casts and what years were great and what's terrible. Or I just I, I somehow lost interest in it. Or no, I think that I do think that people tend to. I think it's an age thing a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can only. I mean, obviously, I don't only speak for myself, but it feels like when you're a teenager, SNL feels you know exciting and and what have you. So dangerous, dangerous. So yeah. that's that's that kind of. I locked into it then. It's not to say that I don't still watch it. I mm-hmm. do, but it does feel like it's a little less sharp or mm-hmm. a little less sort of dangerous as, than it is when you're a teenager or when you're watching with your family. Or something yeah, I've like seen that. a few clips and sketches sure. here and there online, and uh, I do find myself feeling like, hmm, that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair, fair. That's where we are. I, I yeah. always, I what I I do feel is most times. I wonder what SNL would be if they only made the sketches that were thrown out. Like yeah. maybe right. that would be. <laughs> yes. Yes. Maybe that's what we should be doing. Yeah. That's a dream. Yeah. Or sketches near the end of the show where they get a lot weirder. Mm-hmm. They only let the one. Yeah. They will let the one in. But yeah. yeah, it would be nice if they weren't so wedded to political humor. Well, I mean, now more than ever, it they, feels like they're they're that, just stuck. Yeah. They're just they're they're stuck. Being they're 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 stuck, kind of having having to comment on the politics mm-hmm. 
for the first hour and a half or the first 90 I don't know what an hour and a half is the first 45 minutes of every episode yeah and then uh and then you know they can get silly but it's you know it's an NBC show um it's not quite 11:30 like it used to be you know mm. it's it's TiVo'd and it's for everybody and there are so TiVo'd oh, excuse me DVR'd <laughs> We're, we're, we're sponsored is, by this TiVo. This is podcast like it's 1999. <laughs> so let, let's keep it real. Here. I remember when TiVo's came out, I um, I said to my friend, I was like, "It's the first time I saw a TiVo. Yeah. I was like, those are going to be at garage sales in two, <laughs> like, uh, like a little two dancing years. TV. You were right. Yeah, I, I'm I'm here to tell you. Yeah. I know that's why I bring it up. Yes. There was no part of me that was like, "Whoa, look at this new, this whoa TiVo." These are here to stay. Oh, I was like that. Oh, I mean, I liked mine. I can oh, see the future. A <laughs> I love a TV. Yeah. It was great so, at the time, but that's that's going to be on the curb like, real fast. Yeah, yeah, no one's buying it, too, yeah. unfortunately. Well, well, yes. I uh, got the new TiVo. This, it still has the best interface. Guys, <laughs> it kind of does. Is that out of business? Yeah. No, no, well, it's, it's, but no, they still, they yeah, Google. You can't buy a new TiVo, but uh, they I'll do just exist. look it up on Like Us. It's not possible, but. So here's a question for you. <laughs> I'm just picturing the people that started TiVo, the amount of oh, leprechaun kicks they were doing, like, oh we're rich. <laughs> and then now they're downsizing very quickly. They are downsizing. Yeah, that's incredible. I know. We're rich. We're rich. <laughs> leprechaun kick. Leprechaun kick. Leprechaun kick. Honey, my leprechaun in a mansion. And now it's like, yeah. oh. Yeah. What's Tivo? What's Tivo? Um, <laughs> the kids don't know Tivo. I think, so to, to, to switch. out of private school. <laughs> <laughs> to switch gears just a, a little bit, oh, God. I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, duality in in sort of act versus person, Sorry, truth versus reality. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. You said it's still for sale. It exists. Yeah. It exists. That's what I mean, you want people to be saying you can't about buy your a TiVo, though. <laughs> groundbreaking. You could buy. A, I'll saying, tell you what you could buy. You could buy the TiVo Edge for cable. You said there's no commercial on this show. <laughs> yeah. okay, we get TiVo that. money. TiVo Bernie? Bolt OTA for antenna. You could buy the TiVo Mini Box. I, I, I don't. Do they look the same? Um, no, they're sleeker. Cool. <laughs> oh, the the thing God. about TiVo that I actually feel a little sorry for TiVo. I feel a lot sorry for <laughs> TiVo because that technology they clearly didn't couldn't copyright it because if because every every DVR is a TiVo. Yeah, they stole it. They, they flat out stole everything from TiVo. Yeah, which is sad. Yeah, I mean all those leprechaun no, I kicks. Know. It's so sad. <laughs> it is so. Sad. Yeah, Mr. Tivo pulling his kids out of private school is very yeah. sad. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. yeah. But it happens. What are you going to do? What are you I don't, gonna do? I don't pick, I feel like the, whoever started TiVo, I don't think this was a jerk that was, that was like, you know, smoking a cigar and Jeez. telling everyone to screw off. I started TiVo. I think I'm it Mr. was. Mr. TiVo. Let's yeah, see. I think he, it was. Let's see if I can find who nice, Mr. TiVo is. What if it's a Ms. TiVo? It could it's, be. It, it probably. It, I, I can tell you it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Barton. Sure. Does he have a cigar Let's hanging see. out of How his much mouth? is he worth today? Uh, he, he, oh, my you, God. You, you, want to know, you want to know the saddest thing about Jim Barton? Is what? he not alive anymore? He's not even the first guy who comes up on Google when you Google a Jim Barton. 
<laughs> Vicky Barton. <laughs> Vicky Barton comes up above. There's a former cop named Jim Barton who killed his wife named Vicky Barton. So he's third? Well, he's, Technically third, yeah. He's, he's, he's not even on the first page. And you know what? He's uh, downsized his office. His uh, office is in home now. And um, he's still hanging on to his TiVo company, but he works out of the house now. He's, be, he's behind. He's not even. He's not even on the front page. He's behind a Alabama state senator. <laughs> um, a, 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 an NFL center born in 1934. <laughs> uh, oh my god! This is incredible. He's made no money. <laughs> Mike Ramsey was the uh, other one, by the way. That's really sad. Mike Ramsey, also not the first guy to come up for his own name. <laughs> but you know what? This man still has a TiVo. Still got TiVo in his name. Yeah, he, it doesn't He's work, though. He still got it plugged into his TV. <laughs> it doesn't work, though. Uh, do you think he's he probably and he's, uh, he's sold his other one, because he had one in each room. He sold his others at the garage sale. For food. <laughs> Um, the the question is all right. So the, the uh, and I, I don't I don't mean to make fun of someone's death, but you know whatever. Wait, he died? No, no, no. But the guy who made the Segway. Oh died, yeah, went off a cliff. No, he segway. didn't. He didn't create it. He was the like CEO. The CEO of yeah, Segway yeah, yeah. segwayed off cliff, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, how do you think the TiVo guy would die? <laughs> What's the most poetic way for the TiVo man to die? TiVo man. <laughs> I thought they were going to know what it would be. Crushed under a stack of you know old TiVos that no one's bought anymore. I don't know. Maybe he was placing his TiVo out in the yard for the yard sale, and then somebody was he was hit by a spectrum truck. Somebody was very excited. They were like, "Ooh, score!" Someone selling a TiVo pulled up with excitement, ran over. Yeah, Yeah. TiVo. Yeah, Yeah. Vicky TiVo ran over him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. TiVo guys. Uh, so that's I wanted our TiVo episode. That's our TiVo episode. We'll I wanted week. to. I just wanted to. So Danny DeVito was recently on Mark Marin's podcast, yeah. and he was talking about Andy because Danny DeVito produced this movie. He's in the movie as well. Um, in Taxi with he was in Taxi with Danny, him, with and he Andy. says something that I think is interesting because it gives a little bit of an insight where he said um, that you were able to get to know Andy when we were doing Taxi. You could go into his dressing room during the day and just hang out with the guy. And have a normal conversation. You weren't always just a part of his art projects. And I think that it's interesting that he kept that from everybody. Like he never seemed like a normal person, at least out in the public. I mean, any interviews with him, anything that he was doing always felt like it was a bit. Mm. Um, It's a shame because I feel like even in the movie, I don't feel like I really get to know him. Uh, It's not a shame to me. No, no, it's, it's, it's a gift. Like I think performance artists who never drop character are amazing and it's a gift. Like I, you know the way I feel about Lady Gaga, right? Like I think it's pretty incredible that most people who uh, act, who produce music under a pseudonym like Lady Gaga, particularly a lot of rappers will use their given names when they act. Yeah. She and Lady Gaga's out there in an, in, a, in an Oscar-nominated role as Lady Gaga, never dropping the Lady Gaga character. I sure. think that's amazing. Wait, she's in character? I think Lady Gaga's always in character. Really? Maybe yeah. I'm not familiar enough. I think Lady Gaga <laughs> is, I mean, you know, I think Lady Gaga has been in character for like 15 years. I think so Lana, Lana Del Rey is always in character, too. What do you think Lady Gaga, what do you think? What do I think Stephanie's like? 
Is that her name? Yeah. Oh, wow. I don't know what Stephanie's like. I don't. Okay. I, I mean, I think there are some videos because she was a dancer and choreographer mm-hmm. before she was Lady Gaga proper. Okay. But she was a dancer and choreographer. All right. I will say though that during the the press cycle for A Star Is Born, mm-hmm. she seemed the most Stephanie that we've seen. I don't know Stephanie. My Stephanie, who mm-hmm. is my wife, yeah. um, she showed me something with Lady Gaga on the press tour for mm-hmm. Star Is Born. Star Is Born, and. There is some video put together, a compilation mm-hmm. of um, her interviews on that tour, and they're word by word the exact same. Have you seen this? Well, because she clearly had, I think she was kind of prepped that's for a, this press That's so cycle. unfair. Well, okay. she prepped herself. She, but she, either way, it yeah. still feels like she was. Either, but either Doing way, it's just order. interesting to think of like each interview was the exact same. I love that. Do you? I think that's. I think yeah. I think that's thrilling. I think that's that that. There's. But a, you said earlier you like being in the moment. You like the the feeling of being in the moment. Have you ever ever seen anybody do that? What you're talking about? Being in the moment. No, no, no. Give the exact same word for word interview over and over again. That's crazy <laughs> it's that, weird no, I, I know it's, it's exciting that's that's what i mean it's exciting but it's a different exciting of like oh my god she, she it's also like she never said this it, but i guess you have to do that i mean i certainly have to do that with certain sound bites and and things that you get i don't envy you because I don't envy like one of the you things. Think my life's pathetic. I think you have a rough life. I think you have an awful life. <laughs> I think you. I think you have to do one of. The, I think you have to do one of the things that I think is like one of the hardest things in the world over and over again, which is go on talk shows with prepared bits. I couldn't imagine. But here's the thing: I go on with prepared bits, but I also go off. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Uh, the rails as Good. as needed or wanted. Which so you're not hemmed in by it. You don't feel like you're boxed in. No, and I remember when I first went on Ellen's talk show. You know, they were really letting me know that she likes to know what's being talked about, and 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 I know that with talk shows, but um, there just seemed to be kind of this prep of with doing hers, and I was like, oh okay, and then I made a note of. All right, well, we'll stick to the script and we'll talk about it. And then I sat down with her and I couldn't stay on script. And I went off and I remember thinking, well, I guess I'll never do this show again. <laughs> but um, 
we had fun and they came out they're like wow she that she really enjoyed that and she and i'm not saying nobody else goes off script on her show or other shows right. but i do remember thinking i i couldn't control myself because i wanted to have a real moment and yeah. i wanted to like really and i understand why um hosts want to know what's being said and what's coming and because it, it I'm sure when things go off the rails in certain ways, it just kind of sometimes isn't great. Yeah, it would have been great to know about the Tebow thing before, but no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> what if you saw a compilation yeah. of my interviews and I always bring up the Tebow thing? I just, I just love when we got a call for you before. I was like, look, I've been really working on this TiVo thing. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do 20 minutes on TiVo. <laughs> but every interview I do. I just, I, that I would have loved. I would have yeah, been like, Lady Gaga. I would have been like, Phil, check this YouTube compilation. And the fact that I brought this. up Lady Gaga's <laughs> compilation. I'm like, isn't that nuts? And then you see all of mine. I'm like, TiVo, what is that guy doing? Oh, my God. I just thought about him. I bet he's got to pull his kids out of six cents, I would feel so plain. Uh, it'd be but great, it, though. It'd be very Andy Kaufman. Very Andy, very Andy Kaufman. <sighs> oh, shit. Did you do it? <laughs> Google me. Oh, God. That'd be incredible. <laughs> that would be incredible. If you don't come... Google me. This would be some Chris Angel shit right now. <laughs> this would be amazing. Yeah, this yeah, interview is... <laughs> uh, I'm just going to make... So, um... <clears throat> Here's a here's a back on track. I, I, I try. Yeah, um, you come up first for your own name. <laughs> uh, so in the film and in Andy's real life, he was presented with a sitcom. Pretty, it seems relatively early in his career, a role in Taxi, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which he roundly rejects and wants nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, sort of, you know, how how do you feel about the different sort of styles of comedy or, or working within different parameters you know I, I, you obviously had a television show of your own obviously yeah obviously uh, I have did. you have you been like have you been on a sitcom have, have you been, been on a multicam yes well, that was i mean that was half my question the mm-hmm. other half was i know you haven't started them in a multicam so have you been um offered multicams and how do you feel about that no i've never been offered have I? no i don't think i've ever even said a word on a multicam but i've um Done plenty of uh, single cam, single cam. Yeah. Uh, and how do I? Well, do you would is that a format that would be interesting to you, or because like Andy was around? I mean, he literally said canned laughter is dead people. Those are dead people laughing. I mean, he yeah. he really did not like the the I guess the theatricality of it, which is a little bit weird to me. I bet he had a lot of fun with it. I bet he did. I think he did. Like I <clears> love that about him. You know. I, I think that my feeling is I, I've never been – I got into stand-up solely for stand-up. And I remember when I first moved to Los Angeles, people would always say, "What do you? what's your goal? What do you want to do ultimately? What, and I was, I, I was so baffled by that question. I was like, I want to stand-up. <laughs> and they're like, yeah. but right, but then what? Like do you yeah. – yeah. well, then I want to do bigger venues and I want to <laughs> tour and I – I, I truly was like, what are you asking me? Yeah. And it, and I realized in Los Angeles, people mean, what do you want? Do you want a sitcom? Do you want to be a movie star? Do you want to, you know, and, a, and I, that was, I never even noticed the pattern that stand-ups got sitcoms. Mm-hmm. I just never thought about it. And 
I got my own show, the single camera show, One Mississippi on Amazon. Feel free to watch it. I think it was great. <laughs> I enjoyed doing it. It wasn't something I pursued. It was something I was offered. And I, you know, it ended after two seasons. I feel like it wrapped up nicely. I would have done more, mm -hmm. but I was also perfectly fine with it ending when it did. And then there is this thing that happens now where people are like, when are you going to have your own show? What, don't, you know, oh, you were robbed. You were, And I just, I don't feel that way. I never set out to have my own scripted show. And so when it ended, it was like, all right, it ended. And now I'm moving on. And what I enjoy, I've been offered, not necessarily um, multicam, but I've, off, I've been offered um, uh, scripted series mm -hmm. um, to develop or shoot. I don't have a genuine interest in doing that. Right. It's not what speaks to me. I have my recurring role on Star Trek. It's so fun. I fly to Toronto for a day. My hometown. I love Toronto. Toronto's great, yeah. And I pop in, and I'm Tig in space, and then I head home. <laughs> but it's not – I can't pretend like it's my passion. Right. If there was something that came up that really – where I was like, this is undeniably what I want to do, I would do anything, even if it meant a multicam or a single cam. Sure. But – I don't just want to be on TV or film mm -hmm. for the sake of it. I want to really, really enjoy what I'm doing. And there's nothing that that's drawing me in that direction other than popping in, popping out of any TV or movie, and then working on my stand-up. Or I saw you this weekend in uh, Lucy in the Sky. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, thought, I thought you were going to tell of, me. Speaking of like popping um, in and out of things, and I, yeah. I, I, you know, just great. You were great in it, but it's it's it was just interesting to sort of what was that experience like? I guess on a brief tangent, but like doing making, that movie, yeah, doing that film. It was very much popping in, popping out. Right. Um, I even, from what I've been told, I think my part and Nick Offerman's part are very, very minimal. Like maybe, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm yeah. You, yeah. You, there's primarily the bowling scene. Okay. Is 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 you're in that? Okay. <laughs> you, I don't know if you remember making. No, that. I do. I just I haven't seen the movie. Okay. Yes. Um, it's a fair. Yeah. It's a fair question to a twin mom. Like, no, I, I didn't. Yeah. I was just. I, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, what it's, it was like is is kind of what any. And I feel like I've had really great experiences mm -hmm. um, on for the most part on on productions and and that was no different like Natalie Portman everybody was yeah. so nice so friendly and it's not my movie and I I'm doing a day or two and then I leave and but again I that particular movie I haven't seen it I don't know if I and it's just my profile walking by in the background <laughs> um, but it's, it's I not, know it's very yeah. minimal yeah. I, I was told that yeah. um Nick nope. and I yeah. have very little, yes. um, so I would imagine that means that our roles were very much whittled. I know for, for mm -hmm. my role must have been whittled down. I don't, I don't know what's going on with Nick's, but uh, yeah. it was a perfectly fine and fun production. But I was barely there, and but it, it's an example of, of a thing that you you know mm -hmm. of these sort of a plethora of different types of projects that you want to be a part of, which mm -hmm. I think is 
obviously exciting to you, but is your would you say that your passion is primarily just stand up? Is that sort of where your that's for where your sure. heart is? Yeah. For sure. I I I I love, love, love doing stand up and I um I'm working on a uh I've been doing a talk show also at Largo here in Los Angeles. I do a monthly stand up show mm-hmm. at Largo. Mm-hmm. I also go on the road and tour, but I've started doing a monthly talk show at Largo because I'm developing a talk show, which that interests me because it is in the moment and, but not a talk show where it would be outlined or. Is is it like Under a Rock? No. Uh, Under a Rock is my talk show that where I (laughs) interview famous people and try and figure out who they are. And it's very real. My producers give give me um, face sheets, mm-hmm. and I and they don't have names to the faces. And I go through the faces, and I say yes and no, who I recognize and who I don't. And then people that I don't recognize, which is typically a lot of people, and I'm not trying to be annoying of being like I don't watch movies or TV show, but I I don't I really don't follow it's just a lot of pop very culture. Cool. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not I mean, even. Not trying I to say. promise you, I'm not if, trying to. Yeah, it's I'm, great. I, if I, I don't tell, even think it's great. It's just. I it's if just I a could fact. tell that you were trying, if you if you're one of those people who's like, I don't have TV in my home, uh, and you know, I just sit by the candlelight and read every night. Uh. Yeah, be the worst but uh, <laughs> that's not what you're doing that's not at all what i'm doing yeah. but i when i when i say i don't recognize someone they go to, the producers go to the reps and say you know would your client like to be on this show and people that have come on have been so friendly and fun and and it's and we get to have a real connection yeah. and and i because I, I really don't know is this an athlete is this a singer is this an actress i, I have no idea who I'm talking to, and it really keeps. Where you can tell me and the guests were like in the moment of it's what awesome. are we doing? And one of the funniest thing, we just wrapped season two of Under a Rock, and um, <laughs> the producers had one of the biggest um, sitcom stars on season two, and every face sheet they put. They told me this after <laughs> this person was on this the season two. They said they kept putting their face on a face sheet, and I would just skim past, and they had put it, their face on five times, and I never even clocked that I saw it on a previous face sheet, and they were like, wait, she doesn't know, there's no way. They couldn't believe you didn't know They could not believe, and they kept putting it on a sheet, and I just, I would zoom right past, never saw this person in my life. Oh my God, and, this is um, so going to be great. Yeah, and, but as far as, that's just a, a silly, we do six episodes a season, and it's just a silly thing. But I do know plenty of celebrities. I do know who some famous people are. Can, can we challenge you? Yes, but I want to say my talk show at Largo is I'll have a celebrity friend on and I'll sit and chat with them for an hour in the way that you and I and you and I, we are doing. Um, And it's just fun and and a a real conversation. Whereas under a rock, I'm like, so you're tall. (laughs) (laughs) You play sports? Before you quiz, just one one quick thing. I just want to say that – what I think is one of the things I think is so special about what you do is it's so big hearted. Like the, the idea of, of your show bringing people on that 
it, it could be mean spirit if it's done in the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But it's clear that you're not trying to be no mean way. about it. Like no you're way. trying to be unbelievable. You're trying to be. You're trying to have a good time. Yeah. Trying to have fun. And and I think that that's so intrinsic to your work. And I think that it was a little bit in Andy's work, but a lot of it was also about pissing people off. It felt mm-hmm. like. Um, but that big heartedness, I think, is is so special about your work. So thank you. All right, let's That's play the game. Of you. All right, let's play the game. Um, He's going to point to things on, on our poster. I'm not going to point to anything. I, there, are, there are. Well, I am. I'm going to point to the poster <laughs> on our podcast, like it's 1999 uh, cover artwork. I work. cannot yeah. believe how many faces I do not recognize right. on that. So there, and then there's faces I do recognize, but I don't know their names. So there are okay. there, there are. I counted. There are approximately 20 humans mm-hmm. on this. Mm-hmm. All right, there are a few. I actually do know actually. There are a few other, yeah. There are a few other non-humans on there. If uh, you get those, that'll be bonus. But there are twenty (laughs) humans, and um, you know what? I'm. I'm going to set the over under at seven. Do you think you can get seven of these humans? Yeah, I actually. All right. I know. I know who a lot of those people are. I'm going to give you Jim. So this is going to be a terrible example. Jim Carrey's on there for Man on the Moon. I'll give you one. I know Nicholas Cage. Yes. Witherspoon. Uh huh. Gwyneth Paltrow, yes. uh-huh. Hillary Swank, yes, um, Will Smith. He's on there, isn't he? Yeah, yeah he is. Yeah. Yeah. He's up there. Well, well, um, um, is that Brad Pitt? Yeah, Brad Pitt's on there, shirtless. How many do I have? You got seven. Is that Heath Ledger? It is. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who who that is in the bottom corner? That child, the little guy. Yeah, I'm forgetting what his name is, <laughs> but I do know Haley Joel Osment. Yep. <laughs> it, is, it is. How how about the guy uh right in the middle with the glasses? Right above the sea. Yes, I do know who that is. That is um <laughs> I know who that is. I'm yeah. I'm I'm it's um it's I know and I know it's ridiculous. I know he's a gigantic star. He's a big star that guy, star. yeah. It's um uh, he famously wrote Something with another big no. Movie star? I know, I know. His partner is Ben Affleck. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> as Matt Damon would love to be known as Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> How about that guy with the gun in the bottom right? The glasses and the gun. Do you know that movie? I don't know that movie. Okay. He looks familiar. Have you worked with him? I You've have. never worked with him. Then we're in, we're in Gwyneth Paltrow territory. If that you, yeah. is Lawrence Fishburne from The Matrix. Okay, yeah, I have not seen that. How Matrix. about the guy in the upper right corner? I'd be shocked if you don't know who that guy is. He looks familiar. <laughs> I don't know his name. The bald gentleman up there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, uh, uh, that's John Malkovich. John Malkovich. And then the woman in the bottom left corner looks familiar. Don't have know. You, her have name. you seen no. Hustlers? No. She's in Hustlers. Julia, Julia Stiles. Stiles. Okay. Um, have you worked with anybody on this? Have you worked with Gary Cole? Seems un, seems possible. possible. Office Space. You ever see Office Space? I did not. No. All right. Uh, well, this was great. I have not worked with, but I know Gwyneth personally. Oh. I know Reese personally, and I. Do you know the man next to Gwyneth that she got her arm around? British. Oh, Jude, Jude Law. There you go. Jude you Law. did great. Jude Law. There you go. You did great. Yeah, yeah. You, you did about as well as my mom would have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, you yeah. Know, do you know that bit, the movie with the, the, the toque? The toque? 
the hat in the middle there. Um, call that a yeah, toque? Blair Witch Project. You yeah. call that a toque? Is that well, a, is that a Canadian? I have no it. idea. Oh, wait, is that the Toy Story on yeah. the far yeah. left? Yeah. Okay. Jesse, yeah. Toy Story. Yeah. We yeah. Kids. yeah. 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 Oh. But we haven't even watched Toy Story. Really? Mm-mm. What are you scary? Watch? What are they like? They love um, Paw Patrol. Yeah. They love Paw Patrol, Paw Patrol. Whenever you're in trouble. trouble. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marshall. <laughs> Chase. Yeah. <laughs> Everest. My wife knows all of the words Paw to Patrol. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, they like that. They like uh, they Peppa Pig. Who doesn't? And they, I love Peppa yeah, Pig. Yeah, Peppa Pig's a big That's one. what I always say is. If Peppa Pig walked in the room, I'd be like, "Ah, there's Peppa." You got so I would. <laughs> what? That's what you always so the, say. I always tell, when they ask me about celebrities, I say, Peppa. "Send Peppa Pig Send in the Peppa. room." Or, yeah. or, or Georgie. Oh, um, the the other thing that Dinosaur. gets me mad is aside from my boss having pitches, I wish I had. Is um, some of these kids' shows are so good. Mm-hmm. You're on your way. You're close. Have you ever watched Phineas and Ferb? It's no. so good I can't handle it. Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. Phineas and Ferb. I think the I think give it a year and a half uh-huh. and like you'll just fall over. It's so good. It'll <laughs> it'll knock you knock you down. <laughs> okay. And every every scene of that I'm like I, I can never do anything close to this. Yeah. Never anything in the same universe as this. Wow. Um, I can't wait to Yeah, check Phineas it out. and Ferb. What is what is the premise of this show? Phineas and Ferb. They Oh, oh, all right. It, <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's sort of premise. It's all it's yeah. all it's all in the, like all these songs, it's all in the theme songs. I'll just sing the same theme songs to you. There's 104 days of summer vacation till okay. school comes along just to end it. And okay. the ongoing problem of our generation is finding a cool way to spend it. Wait, you said you were going to sing it. There are 104 days of summer vacation till school comes along just to end it. And the ongoing problem of our generation is finding a good way to spend it. And then they go, like, maybe. And then they go to all the things they do over the Most summer. Most people are shy about singing and you're just like, whatever. Kenny's not. Uh, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on participating. That's nice. Yeah, I think, you know. As my wife says, choose to care. Choose to care. That's what that reminds me of. I think, uh, yeah, this is part of my, my mental health treatment. But a big, a big thing that I learned was just participate. If mm-hmm. like there's something that's happening, I mean, what's going to happen? Someone says I have a bad, have a bad voice. Mm-hmm. I'll survive. Yeah, it's true. No. Yeah, you've survived this long with a terrible voice. <laughs> 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 I don't see it ending anytime soon. That's incredible. I, think, uh, that's... I don't know if we'll top that. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't think we're going to top that. <laughs> Next week. Ooh. <laughs> Spooky. It's our Halloween spooktacular. <laughs> is it? It's our Halloween Fright Fest. Is that all a little too obvious? It's our Halloween it's boondoggle. Ooh, interesting. It's a real boondoggle. It's, it's, yeah, it's a movie that did not do well. I don't know if that's true. I mean, box office wise. Um, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So the two on, metrics we That's use. true. The two metrics. <laughs> <laughs> But what did it get with audiences? Not great either. Not great either. Uh, the movie's end of days. Yeah. It's not even that spooky. It's it's, it's got some spooky stuff. It's got stuff. some spooks. It's got some spooky stuff. I mean, it's a, it's a devil movie. It's it's very much um, – because I went through the list thinking like, you know, Halloween. And there's like a fair amount of Halloween-ish movies in 99, but they're all kind of in the same range of like, these aren't all that scary. There's not really like a really scary movie. I mean – Blair Witch. We kind of did it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, six uh, sense and six sense and there's some spooky stuff, but you know there's always bats. But there's um, always bats. Oh, we'll get to bats. <laughs> oh, we'll get to bats. <laughs> but uh, but there there. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too into it uh, in the tease for the next episode. There are a lot of 
uh, obviously end of the world stuff. And there's sure. a lot of like, like, like Catholic horror this year. Yeah. A lot of priests. We heard a lot of like Catholic churches. horror. And this is one of them. This is a hundred million dollar Catholic horror <laughs> starring, uh, Arnie. It's so star- bizarre. Star the governor. Uh, do you remember when he was the governor? I do. Oh, so long ago. Ha. How I long for those days. Yeah. Um, remember oh, they what? wanted him to be president? Yeah. And we were like, that's ridiculous. Um, all right. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But then he became the apprentice. Please. Or the, that's, the- that's, that's the well-worn path now. <laughs> um, he plays Jericho Kane. Yeah, a catch his last name. New York City police detective investigating. Sla- uh, no, it w- was a cop. Now is a security guy. He works in security. Oh, he does. He works in security. Which, you know. Anyway, uh, he's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, Jericho it, came. Jericho in the days. It's. I gotta say, it's a lot more interesting than I expected it to be. Uh, I thought this movie would uh, suck, and yeah. it does not. Which and is weird. The whole internet is wrong. <laughs> I. Some of these movies like have like little pockets of yeah. like uh, in defense yeah. of this one does not, and we are going to start the day's hive. <laughs> Um, so next week, Halloween, we're going to do, we're going to do a deep dive into Arnie. Uh, I think Kenny's a bigger fan of Arnie than I am. Uh, we'll or, talk about we'll it. Talk about uh, it but, you know, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. It's going to be great. I guess I am probably bigger than you. If you don't think you're a big fan, then I'm probably a bigger fan than you. Yeah. But I uh, think you just go deeper than I do. Like uh, I wasn't an eighties action guy. Um, so I think you might. I think I have on my list of top 10 Arnie films, I have one from the 80s. I couldn't come up with 10. (laughs) Well, that's not crazy. (laughs) Okay. No, that's not crazy. Okay. Um, Well, next week, Halloween, Spookfest, Arnie fights the devil. Top five Arnold movies. Arnold fights the devil. We'll talk the devil. We'll talk his ass kicked by an old woman. A couple times. Um, thank you so much for being here, Tig. We really do appreciate it. So cool. It. Thanks for having yeah. us. We're incredibly grateful that you came on, seriously. And, and you know, My pleasure. thank you for taking the time and talking Andy Kaufman with us and your comedy and what it all means to you. And Well, if anybody's listening in D.C., I'll be, uh, I produce a podcast. Or, no, I don't. <laughs> Easy there, Andy. <laughs> I produce a comedy festival oh, yeah? called the Benson Ball every year in D.C. When is it? Uh, and Maria Bamford will be there cool. um, October 24th through the 27th, I feel like. Yeah. Nice. I'm on the 26th uh, doing and my talk How do people show. get tickets to that if they wanted to? They go yeah. online? Of course. Okay. I yeah. don't know if there's a website or something like that. Just I don't either. Google Tig Nataro. She comes up first, you know, I promise. Go stand in line. Yeah. Turn on your computer. <laughs> get a tent. Get a TV. <laughs> They're on the pulse. But I'm doing, I'm doing my, my talk show while I'm there. Okay. I, I'll be doing a little bit of stand-up. Um, on another show, but my talk show is called um, "But Enough About You." And, uh, <laughs> that's, that's what this is about. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. And also, every month at the Largo. Every month I'm at Largo doing stand up, mm-hmm. and then every month I'm at Largo doing "But um, Enough About You." So oh, wait, there are two different shows. Yeah. All right, and people can get tickets. Tig to has Largo. friends is my stand up show, and it's usually just one other friend. I have an opener who mm-hmm. does about. 20 minutes and then I do about an hour. All right. So come 20 minutes late. Yeah. Um, cool. They're usually terrible. <laughs> my, my opener is. How could they not be? <sighs> um, it's favors. I throw people bones. They open for me. <laughs> Literally, uh, I don't. Do I, tick close your ears. Finest stand up in the world. We're very lucky to have her. 
Thank you so much for doing this. I'm not going to close my ears. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I hate you know blowing you up, but we, I really believe that. So thank you're you kind. so much. You're very kind. Thank you so people. much for coming on here. Thanks for having me, and I'll see you at the top. All right. Thanks. <laughs> podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's 1999. Podcast like it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.